Hi, I'm Elisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Wellness, and I don't need to remind you that we have all been living in challenging times. If you're feeling weary and you want to get back to the heart of worship without performance, striving, or turning on your calorie counter, then I invite you to join our new fitness program, Songs of Ascent, 21 Days of Walking Prayer. If you don't have a regular exercise routine, this program is the perfect place to start. Or if you're like me and need to get back in touch with movement that isn't about counting calories, strength gains, weight loss, or closing the rings on your watch, then this program is for you. Now you might think of prayer happening on your knees or in a chair, but something transformative happens in our brains and our bodies when we move our feet and hear God's truth. As we start to think and say new things, what feels stuck inside of us gets unlocked. For 21 days, you'll bring your body and your mind closer to God as you journey through Psalms 120 to 134, the Songs of Ascent. Each day you'll be invited to walk and pray through the scripture with an instructional audio recording as your guide. You'll learn proper walking form, avoid muscle aches and fatigue, and you'll learn to breathe better as you walk. But most importantly, you will be transformed as you move your feet and pray. Movement is a simple act given to us by God that we might draw closer to Him and further away from the cares that weigh us down. Your joy will be restored for prayer and you'll receive a fresh heart for worship. Whatever your fitness level, let us help you experience God's presence in movement and develop healthy habits around prayer. Let's cease worrying about moving numbers on the scale. Instead, through prayer, let's move mountains with God. Let's get back to the simple joy of movement and closer to the heart of God. So come, join thousands of people around the world as we spend 21 days moving our hearts and bodies closer to God. Sign up for Songs of Ascent 21 Days of Walking Prayer today. Okay, guys, that's it. That is the last time you are going to hear our promotional piece there about the 21 days of walking prayer through the Songs of Ascent because signups close tonight, 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you are listening to this live, you have less than 12 hours, so stop what you're doing. If you haven't signed up and you, knew, you know you're going to, hit pause. Just move your finger up on the on the icon of the show and find the show notes. There's a link right there and you can quickly and easily donate. Give any donation amount and get in here. Grab a friend and get in here. This is going to be such a restorative reset time in our hearts, on our minds, and our souls and our bodies. If you're someone who's prone to obsess about working out and you don't want to stop working out and just go for a walk, okay, we're not asking you to stop, but Add on a walk, add on a 20 minute walk for 21 days and see what God might do in that time. And if you're for someone who's looking to get started and you just need a simple way to get going, a 20 minute walk every day for 21 days, it's not about our bodies. It's about our location of our heart and we want to move it closer to God. All right, don't delay. Any donation amount gets you in. If you miss, then you can join later, but it will be a set price for the 21 days. 
And if you give $1,000 or more, you are going to be in my Saturday morning restorative care class. If you can't come live, you will get the replay. We're going to do some deep stretching together, some deep soaking together, just some care. I, I, it's going to be such a rejuvenating time. I cannot wait. All right. Now, in line with what I'm talking about, just to get you warmed up and ready to go. Today, I've got a Facebook teaching that I taught last week about prayer. What is it? Why do we need it? Does it work? Literally, we're going to give you some science behind it too. So I hope this teaching just kicks you over the edge or gives you a little kick in the pants to get excited for Monday. What a gift of prayer. What a gift that we have with prayer. So I hope you get excited and we will see you on Monday. Peace. I'm Lisa Keaton, the founder of Revelation Mamas, and I am here today to talk about prayer. Prayer, what is it? How does it work? Does it benefit us? First of all, it's we're going to uncomplicate it. What do you say? Let's uncomplicate this thing. Let's bring it down to the practical nuts and bolts, and also I've got some research for you. You know, I like the research. Um, when it comes to the things that we do here in Revelation Wellness, we use all things fitness and wellness as a tool to spread the gospel. And that means this body is part of this physical experience that we have on the earth as spiritual beings. This, I always say, this is my meat suit. This is my, your armor, your, your protective barrier, and also your ability to do whatever it is that you desire to do. Yes, God has created you for good works, and works require ability. But here's what we don't do. We don't work, we don't work to rest. We work from rest, knowing that you are a child of God. So everything we do here, we talk about our bodies in relationship to God who he is on the earth right now, wanting to use you to, to embody you to bring goodness and multiplication because that is our original design. That's what God created us for. In his design, we are created to multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and take dominion. And this body is a huge part of our ability to do all that, so we get to talk about it. Unify the whole is really what we're here to do. Let me ask you this question. Before I jump into this quick teaching about prayer, one, I hope to ignite your desire to pray. I hope to uncomplicate what prayer is. And I also think that this is something we so need now more than ever. What we don't need, as much as we turn to more information, right? We Google, we scroll, we search. We think that knowledge is going to save us, and if that was true, we sure should be in better off condition than we are. Uh, what we have now is an overload of information, and what we need is not only time to process the information we have, but we must be in our sound mind. We must reason, and with reasoning takes the pause. You have to have a cause to pause to then begin to think about things from a higher perspective. And that's something that prayer gives us. And it does benefit us. I'm gonna talk about that today. Why prayer works. First of all, before we talk about prayer, let's say, what is it? Let's define what is prayer. And if you think you know, or you have an idea, because there's a lot of definitions, um, but what would you define prayer as? You can put that in the chat. And by the way, hit share if you're hoping someone to do this program with you and 
to walk for 21 days with you, hit share right now. Prayer is deliberate communication, deliberate communication with an object of worship. That's a very, that's your uh, Wikipedia definition. And I always like to look at the definitions that are kind of the uh, world accepted definition. If you looked it up in the dictionary, you're going to probably get something very similar. But the deliberate communication with an object of worship. Everybody, where's your phone? Mine's right here. Yours is right in your hand. Deliberate communication, meaning you intentionally pick something up to talk and engage with it. And could that be worship? Hmm. Deliberate communication with an object of worship. Remember the word worship, everyone worships. Everyone worships. To worship is to give yourself over to. To give your time, your talent, your energy, your treasure over to something or someone. That's the definition of worship. We were made for worship. So are you worshiping and praying, giving deliberate communication and attention to something? Yes, we are. We certainly are. Our phones are a big part of it. Now, I'm not saying that you are a phone worshiper. I'm going to let you sort that one out with the Lord. Do you go to Google, Facebook, Instagram, and search for answers more than you go to God? That, that's a question you need to settle in your heart. Listen, I've, in, my, in my unthinking thinking, that's what I do. I want control. I want answers. I want, I want knowledge. We're not going to get away from the first temptation we had and the first sin we committed. And that was that we believed the lie that God was holding out on us and we could have knowledge of good and evil. That not only would it be pleasing to know that, but it looked good to touch it, appealed to our eyes, the desires. It's called lust. And we thought this thing will have, will give me something more. And we do that. That's why we're prone to worship created things and not creator God. We're prone to pray, give our, our communication to, our attention to created things rather than creator God. So we're all kind of doing this worship thing in the wrong places, and often we miss the opportunity for prayer, deliberate communication with God in exchange for deliberate communication with things that we think will satisfy us. So prayer and worship go hand in hand. If you're going to worship God, if you sing a song or read a piece of scripture, that is all an act of communication, talking with God, letting God talk to you. So bottom line, what prayer is, it's a talking love language between two lovers, a love language between two people that are connected to each other. Prayer. Now, how do we know this is so? Because in the beginning, when God created it says over and over, and God said, and God said, and God said. We see this occurring in Genesis 1 through chapter 1, and God said, and God said, and God spoke, and God said. And So the fact that it doesn't say, and God thought, or God breathed, or God snapped his fingers or made a noise, it said God spoke. And that is indicative of a voice. 
an utterance of voice. And so God had a voice. God is voice or what the science world calls consciousness, right? My conscience, I, my consciousness, I'm aware of something. There's something telling me there's more. That's a voice. And because God had a voice, he speaks us into existence as his image bearers. Uh, nothing else in creation bears his image. Everything else is created, fish, birds, ocean, sky, stars, moon. But the only thing that bears his image is us. Let us make man and woman in our image. And so he spoke us into existence. And then it said, and God blessed them and God said to them. That word, and God blessed, the word in the Hebrew actually means to kneel. I know this is kind of crazy, but to think that God prayed over us, God showed us honor and devotion to us first so that we would reciprocate as his image bearers. This is why you were made for prayer. You were made for deliberate and ongoing communication with the God that your heart was made to worship. Because worshiping God and only God is the one thing that can make you well. The one thing. Martha, Martha, you're worried about many things. But Mary knew one thing and she chose what, she chose what was best to sit in deliberate attention and communication at the feet of Jesus. So prayer is a big part of you living a whole and integrated life that keeps you from worshiping created things, spending your time, your talent, your energy on the next diet craze or the next program that you think is going to fix you when all of us need more Jesus. Here's the deal. Words matter. I love this quote. I saw this quote yesterday by Flannery O'Connor. He's a writer, and he wrote this quote. Is, it's what he said. I write because I don't know what I think until I read what I say. The same could be said of prayer. I pray because I don't know what I think until I hear what I say. So this might ask the question, so when I pray, do I have to talk out loud? Um, no, you don't. You don't. But it's sometimes helpful because you can only say one thing at one time and it helps you to know, what am I saying? What am I thinking? What am I believing in? Who am I giving my attention and time to? I pray because I don't know what I think until I hear what I say. And sometimes I'm not in an environment where I can say something out loud, but in my mind, I am thinking, praying, and saying the words, God, come. God, give me your thoughts on this matter. God, help me, right? We know that the two-word prayer, God, help, help, help. He is an ever-present help in a time of need. If you feel like your prayer life is just always you complaining and help, 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 well, one, I would say, do not shame yourself. Hey, at least you're talking to God. But two, I would ask the next question. Do you listen? God, help. Okay. He's like, yep, I'm listening. Tell him what's on your mind. Then do you listen for what he has to say? Because what happens in the neuroscience is in, the minute you change your attention from the trouble that you're having or the hurt or the burden or whatever it is, this is why prayer is effective. And often we don't pray until we're in trouble, 
which we've got to fix that, which is why the 21 days of prayer is going to help you to become a discipline of prayer, that you don't need to be sick to want to pray. You pray to keep yourself from being sick. So as you pray, and you turn as, you, as soon as you turn your attention towards something bigger than you, this has scientifically been studied, that people that can change their perception to something bigger than themselves instantly there's a shift in their well-being. There's a shift in their hypertension or blood pressure, anxiety or depression. It begins to regulate and come down. Why? Because you were made for that. You're now getting into your original design. You're getting into the design that you were made for instead of going to Google, looking for answers, trying to count your calories or do the things that help you to feel in control. You were made for ongoing and deliberate communication with God. In the beginning, in the garden, we were meant to be with him, to be one, and that was that. But yes, there was a presence of the opposition and enemy that was going to slither up and tell Adam and Eve lies and cause accusation or doubt about who God is. And that creates tension. Tension isn't a sin, but it was when they gave into the tension. They gave into this, well, maybe... This lie is right. Maybe that's right. Instead of, I feel the tension, I'm going to go talk to my father. I'll be back, serpent. Let me go talk. That's prayer. And had we kept that going in the garden, just, I feel this tension, but I'm going to talk to my father. I'm going to talk to the one who told me in the first place, and I'll let you know what he says. I'll be back. And honestly, the serpent would have went away. The tension would have went away. The temptation would have ceased and there would have been a way out. The way out, it says in 1 Corinthians that we, no temptation has seized you that is not, is not common to man. But when you are tempted, there will be a way for you provided to get out. Prayer. <laughs> prayer is a big part. People that can pray or have a practice of prayer have an awareness to direct their attention deliberate communication with their object of affection. It's taking all this inside of you and putting it and directing it in the right way, in the right place. So what I think about, I'm feel it, filling my mind with, eventually that makes its way into words and out my mouth. We are either building up the kingdom of God on earth, filling uh, our commands, fulfilling our commands, or we are building our own kingdom here on earth. So prayer takes the things that are going on inside of me and turns them towards God, who made me to know him, walk with him, be with him, and have ongoing deliberate communication, love, and relationship with him, so that I wouldn't even have time to entertain a temptation. Does that make sense? Can I get some emojis? Do we understand this is more about being more enthralled and interested to hear and talk and walk and be with God like we were created to be rather than to hear and talk and walk with our phones or the media or all these other things that have been added unto us and our blessings given they have their right place in our life. Prayer is meant to be practiced. You have to practice this. This is not 
something you want to do. Like I said, we do because, oh, I'm feeling sick, so I'm going to pray. How about I pray? And that keeps me from thinking or feeling sick in many cases. Does that mean I won't get sick? No, of course you will. We're living in a fallen world. But we often participate or don't participate with the goodness of God. And so we feel that in ourselves. Prayer is meant to be practiced. You have to practice it. So do you want to be closer to God? Talk with him more. That's it. Just talk with him more. Talk. Talk doesn't mean just talk at him. Talk means talk, pause, listen. Talk, pause, listen. Tell him what's on your heart. Tell him what's going on. Pause, say la, listen. And sometimes you'll get, you'll know exactly what you need to do. You'll just have a, a sense of, okay. I need to not respond right now. I need to let this moment pass. I need to come back this tomorrow. Or you will know what you are to do. So here's some studies that were done on the effectiveness of prayers. So we talked about what prayer is, what, what, how, how you do it. Just talk. Talk with God more. Seek his input than anyone else. And here's what we know to be true in terms of some studies. First of all, What's really interesting, I love this, that one of the biggest studies that was ever done by Harvard, it actually showed as they did their study on prayer that it was not effective. But here's what they did. They broke people into three groups, three people, three groups of people that were having a heart surgery, a very common surgery. Um, it's not like a life-threatening surgery. It's a surgery now that many people have. Um, it's still surgery. People are still scared about getting surgery. And they told one group, you may be prayed for. Maybe or may not be prayed for. Then they told another group, you will not be prayed for. Then they told the third group, you will be prayed for. And they did do it. So they had people that agreed to do the prayer commitment. And it was a simple prayer. It was 30 seconds a day. They were scripted and told what they were to say so that the prayer was kind of like regulated and you know, nobody said other things than the state, the name, the simple prayer, and that was it. And so there were these people praying for these people going into surgery. When they got done with the surgery, they found out you would expect the people that were told they were prayed for and were prayed for, you would have expected they did better. And here's what they found out. They didn't. They did worse. <laughs> they did worse. And those who um, weren't prayed for at all did pretty much a little bit better, but still did not great. And the people that may or may not have been prayed for didn't do any better. They almost did not, no one did better. And the actual group that was prayed for actually did worse. So we, the people, what, what was that? Wait, prayer is supposed to work. But here's the thing. God has created us to pray with one another and to believe for each other. Prayer is a communal thing. They took these people and they separate them. They didn't know who's praying for me. They didn't know anything other than, okay, somebody's praying for me. So that's something. But here's the other thing that study of some people that were, were science and faith-based that you cannot study the effects of prayer. The minute prayer tries to knows that it is being observed or watched because it's a reality of an unseen world, it does, it shuts down. So you're trying to measure prayer. You cannot measure prayer by what someone else, there's a disconnection really is what we're saying is that people were praying, they didn't know who were being prayed for 
and you can't measure that. And they were trying to see, they were trying to quantify prayer and you can't quantify it. The minute you try to measure the world of faith, it shuts down. It goes, nope, we're not doing that. <laughs> but there have been other studies where people self-report. So that's why if this study had perhaps that one group said, hey, every day, will you say a prayer to God for yourself? I bet that group could have, would have done better because praying is for us. Praying changes us. When we pray, we are changed. When someone else prays for us, maybe try to measure that and have someone else pray for you, and eh, shuts down. But when we pray, we see the effects. This is where people do report the benefits. So there was a study done in a journal of behavior medicine um, two groups of people, one did secular meditation and prayer, and another did spiritual meditation and prayer. So the secular meditation and prayer group, yes, Jerry, quantum physics, Jesus, double slit theory, totally, you cannot try to measure this thing. But the people that did um, spiritual prayer and meditation, though they would they would say things like, God is love. God is patient, God is kind, God is for me. They were focusing their words and meditation on God. The secular group of meditation, people that were praying, they would say things like, I am love, I am kind, I am. They were doing those type of mantra sayings. At the end, when they asked the people who, uh, what, who had the better effects, it was that the group that practiced spiritual meditation Show greater decrease, they said, now they're reporting it, I have lowered anxiety, stress, and a more positive mood. Do you get it? It's for them. Prayer is for you as you connect to God, because God goes, I'm so glad you're here. Now receive patience and goodness and kindness and all the goodness of heaven. P.S. Those people that participated in spiritual meditation and prayer, so God is love, God is kind, God is um, whatever, that type of bringing God into the equation of the, the meditation, they also could tolerate more pain. They could tolerate pain twice as long when, to put, when asked to put their hand into ice water, into a bath of ice. They could hold it longer. Do we understand? Prayer changes us. Prayer changes us. Prayer isn't change my circumstances, God. Prayer changes us. It does something in us from a neurological place that then we can enter back into life with a different perspective. There's one more study that I want to tell you about. 2004 study on religious coping methods found that people who approach God as a partner or a collaborator, they come to him in their life, had better mental and physical health outcomes than people who are angry at God, who feel punished or abandoned by God, or who relinquish responsibility and defer to God for the solutions and their outcomes. They're like, it doesn't matter. There's that belief that prayer doesn't matter because God's already decided that's not true because God wants to co-labor with us. God wants to cohabitate with us like we did once upon a time in the beginning. He wants that back. He wants you back with him, him with you, living in one cohesive wholeness and well-being. Prayer brings you back into that relationship and then your immune system, 
biological system, your mind thinks better, things begin to get in the right perspective again. So here's what I'm inviting you to do, the 21 days of prayer, <laughs> so that you might fall back in love with the God who wants to talk and connect with you and set you free. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of... Okay, so this is a great question. What does God want from me? These things. Rejoice always. By the way, everyone, say this. Rejoice always. Say that. Say it right now. Rejoice always. You just memorized a Bible verse today. 1 Thessalonians 5.16. That is literally a verse. 5.16. Rejoice always. Man, this is God's way of going... Hold on. I know you're hurting. I know this is hard. Now, rejoice doesn't mean happy. Rejoice means pull and tug on joy, which is a certainty God is who he says he is and will do what he said he will do. It, a joy is internal contentment in the presence of external chaos. Joy holds the tension together. Rejoice always. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lie you're seeing. Don't get quick to judge. Don't be quick to speak. Slow down. Rejoice always. Everyone, now say this. Pray without ceasing. You just remembered another. You remembered two Bible verses today. Rejoice always. First Thessalonians 5, 16. Pray without ceasing. First Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Elisa, how do I pray without ceasing? It means continually bring your attention and affection of your heart back to God. And when you can, use words. Tell him how great he is. Let him talk to you about how wonderful you are. Let him give you strategy. Let him give you breath, a cause to pause. Between stimulus and response, there's a moment. Breathe between whatever I was agitating me and what I'm going to choose to do. Pray, breathe, find yourself. So how do we do this? Like I said, out loud, if we can. If not, in your mind. Back to what Flannery O'Connor said. I pray or I write so that I know. I don't know what I think until I, I read the words I say. Same thing with pray. I don't know what I think until I hear the words I'm saying. Direct your thoughts as often as you can back to God. And now I'm going to add, when you do, move your feet. Move your feet. Go for a walk. Why? Because when we walk, we loosen. We untie and unbind some of these neurons inside of us that have already decided God is not good, this isn't working, blah, blah, blah. Life is too hard. I don't have time for this. We unbind and untie some of those thought, faulty thought patterns so that we can open up and have new thought patterns. It's true. It's neurogenesis. Neurogenesis happens, activates more when you get your heart rate up and blood flow going. You're always, you have neurogenesis all the time, but it multiplies more when you move your body. So pray. African proverb, when you pray, move your feet. I love that proverb. All right, friends. That's what prayer is. That's how you do it. And that's some of the benefits. <laughs> and they're measurable for you. But if someone else tries to measure them for you and you're disconnected from the prayer itself, 
it's going to fall apart. So let's come back and do this together. Any questions, put them in the chat right now about the 21 days of walking. We're going to go through the Songs of Ascent. We're going to read these psalms. These are psalms or songs that were sung as God's people would journey back to the temple three times a year in the Old Testament. There are 15 psalms to the temple to make their sacrifices and offerings three times a year. Now, we live on this side of the covenant, so my, people might go, why are we doing that? Because it's all one story. This is his story, history. So there are things we can learn and rebuild inside of us that are teachable and usable for us and not just for them, for us now. And we are now the temple, so we don't have to journey far to have the presence of God and to make our offerings, and we are the living sacrifices. So every day, I am putting down my phone, putting down my desire to want to know more or have the answer. I have to die to that so I can turn my affections and attention back to God, who is the sustainer, redeemer, and creator of my life. And the point of the gospel. He's the point, not me. The gospel is for us, but not about us. This body is a good vehicle, vessel, tool, and repository of good things that then make themselves seen on the earth through you. So use all of our things, Revelation Wellness, use your podcasts, use Revel TV, and I'm really hopeful for these 21 days of prayer. All right, so God, thank you for this time. I pray for those who are watching or listening. I pray that this is an evoked something in people, God, to just get back to a simple conversation with you, open our ears to hear, open our, loosen our tongues to speak. And Lord, we want to make you famous on the earth to build up your goodness, your kindness, uh, to unbind the lies we believe, the accusations, the, the religious spirit, the, the legalism inside of us, God, and even this lifting up of laws and codes and regulations and rules higher than you, God. We cast that all down. We get back to the heart of worship. And I pray for everyone who does this 21-day challenge around the world that there would be renewal, redemption, rebirth, a refreshment of their soul as we turn and seek your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.